All right, everybody, welcome back to the now called M and B podcast. My name is Max Alberts, formerly of the M, and the B is over to my right. Brandon, how you doing today, brother? What's happening? What's happening? Man, man, I think we both know we're just getting done with Thanksgiving over here. I'm still mid-travel recording on the road. Brandon's at home, but Brandon's been doing the Black Friday aspect of his job. Brandon, how's that been going for you? I know you had a rough day yesterday. <laughs> You're, yeah, we are having to kick the podcast off talking. Okay, all right. You want to hear about it or not, nah, dude? Because dude, might as well. I mean, at the end, it actually went pretty smooth. Um, but yeah, uh, working the back end for online online retail during black friday is uh crazy so i just want to give a big shout out to all my folks who work retail this week because as someone who's worked retail in the past i know brandon you're you're deep in it right now i know there's a lot of people out there that are really high on that you know right now in life and this is probably the single-handedly you're beginning the worst month of being a retail worker i feel like which is black friday to christmas is probably the worst period of time that you could ever be a retail employee because not only is there a ton of orders, but everyone feels like being an asshole. So I feel you. I mean, dude, I've, I've done my boots on the ground shifts during Black Friday, never in retail, to be honest. I've only ever worked the, the Starbucks morning Black Friday shifts. That's enough. Yeah, but you got to get up for three, yeah, 3 a.m. And then you're the first stop for most people. So it's like they're not ready either. And they're not ready to be behaved well either. So it's, it's really crazy. They're but, already preparing the unhinged behavior. Yeah, it gets a bit it more. It's like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's not really so much unhinged as it is like. It's fair. It's like actually feral. Like people use that word, but it's like your primate instincts are kicking in every like as soon as that day starts for a lot of people. I'll say I I used to do Black Friday shopping, but after I had friends who had to go through it, I stopped and I no longer Black Friday shop. I don't go out. I find it to be a completely exhausting experience to stand in a line for a TV or anything like that. So it's it's pretty much against my morals these days to have anything to do with it. That's pretty funny because it's like the more waitresses and uh, wait staff I meet, the less I tip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, I just want to do the right thing here, but I fucking I refuse. I refuse nowadays. I'm done, dude. I, I think that I'm I'm one of those people I haven't let go yet. I'm a solid like twenty to twenty five percent tipper on every experience. And if it's no. under ten bucks, I find myself tipping like eighty percent. Yeah. <laughs> like something ridiculous when you really put nah, the numbers to it. I don't tip anymore. I gave up. <laughs> you got the you have the European mentality. You're just like, Yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, I'm like I'm ethical, I don't tip because that's how the economy should be. I mean then just put it on the put it on the restaurants, right? Make sure that it's their fault every time pay for it so you guys heard it here first if you listen to this podcast and you ever see brandon come into your restaurant just uh actively avoid sitting him because he's not gonna tip charge just charge me more i'm happy (laughs) to pay more it's just don't don't talk about a tip just put it in the bill put you won't won't read the the concept needs to be sold to people instead of it being about tipping or people in general you pay what you see on the menu you, there's no fucking math involved. You know, I hate doing math. So it's like, I, I don't even want to do it. I just don't want to do percentages. So that's why I don't tip anymore. But no. <laughs> I listen, I had to take algebra twice in college just to pass. So people I are going to listen to this and think I'd actually don't tip, which is cool. <laughs> They're going to go around and be like, oh, Brandon, I would never serve him. Brandon's already saying on his podcast, he's canceling himself on his podcast already. 
So I know yesterday was Thanksgiving, so we are actually hitting it pretty heavy. It was two days ago now. Did you do Thanksgiving with the family this year, Brandon? Yeah, I did. The I whole- did it with my family this year. Uh, so there was no like travel involved, which was it's a rarity because obviously we split the time between New York for a lot of this stuff. So I uh, we did a huge Thanksgiving this year. This is like my Mississippi family, and my Mississippi family is like forty to fifty people big at this point. And I had the really fun experience. So I have a one-year-old daughter, and uh, I brought my one-year-old daughter to the family for the first time, which was fun. But I got to see my kid uh, hang out with other kids for the first time, and I actually kind of hated it because I immediately found out that I want to be that dad that's directly involved in any negative thing that a kid does to my kid. Like, I thought that I could be chill. But I definitely thought about hitting a five-year-old like 15 times. Um, I like that. Thanksgiving, dude. An older kid. Dude, yeah, like bullying the kid. Three-year-old boys pushing my one-year-old daughter down. You think I was gonna lose my mind, dude? I, yeah, gonna... I'm kind of surprised that you aren't like. I, I'm honestly kind of surprised that you're not like, yeah, good. <laughs> somebody's gotta, somebody's gotta knock her down a peg. She's walking around already and shit. I know she's way too big for her bridges. Someone needed to, to knock her down a peg, but I found out that I am that dad that gets super <laughs> upset about it. So I had to go outside and like. Oh, you mean you're a decent person? Yeah, I it's guess weird so. to be decent. <laughs> we're learning that we're decent people more by the month, I swear. Being um, a good parent, you get you get gaslit into thinking you're an absolute lunatic. Yeah, absolutely. Because it, they think that like anyone who doesn't have a kid thinks that if you're being a good parent, you're just being an asshole if it doesn't like directly help them in any way. Parents think that directly influencing their children's lives and beliefs is how you parent, which is like insane, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You have to just be the protector of that of that person. You know what I mean? And like it's just funny. It's funny. You see it. You and, see it a lot. And for any of us that grew up with uh with myself or with Brandon around and they're listening because they're lifelong friends of ours, they know that Brandon grew up in a household where, you know, his parents would beat anybody up or they at least gave the vibe that they would. So we we were always keeping it pretty close to the vest. You, you I should definitely read, have some scary parents. Can I read on the pod that um, at some point I'm going to read that Reddit post about my family? Have I ever read that to you? No, I didn't know that your entire <laughs> family made a Reddit post at some People, point. People, no, yeah, we were on Reddit. We we were not Reddit frequenters, but our name came up on the pop punk Reddit a lot, which was always an interesting. So one time, some kid who was apparently from that New York scene that we kind of came up in was had made a post about my family saying that we were essentially like a mafia family, that we were paying bands off and stuff, and that it was like all about money and influence and shit. It was like really funny. I love so it. So you, you were paying bands off to what, play in your basement? Yeah, it's like one of those tattoos. It's like one of those texts that's like so long, and it's like I want to get the whole thing tattooed on my ribs. It, we should make it a copy pasta for the pod. It literally could like there are so many good one line zingers like it makes me wonder how well I knew the person who posted it because it's like, what is this? I, I It makes me wonder, is this somebody we actually knew? I mean, obviously, we don't have to drop names, but is this someone we knew or someone who it reads like somebody who's at least been in my house a couple of times? It, it's, okay. not, it's not some random person. So I've always wondered who it was because they're like, well, blah, 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 blah. And I, everything is everything is wrong, and it's like really cool. It makes us sound so much cooler than we were. 
Dude, it's. I feel like people read it and they like picture like walking into Tony Soprano's mansion to see you know modern baseball play in the basement or yeah. something. Yeah, you play modern baseball. Modern baseball plays your house one time and you get like Reddit posts about you. So it's just what you happens. get Reddit posts that your dad's in the fridge eating gabagool with a vest on. Trying his name, to, you know. his name, it's 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 <laughs> actually anti-Italian racism when it comes to the the post. It was a bit like you know Vito Pagano and. You're like, so this guy didn't <laughs> like the Sopranos, is what you're telling me. So I'm when he came in, he got a bad taste in his mouth. He needs to be canceled for racism, is what I'm trying to get at here. Because <laughs> anti-Italian discrimination, for sure, at the very least, yeah. All right, so I want to jump into something here that I was reading about last night. I know I like to bring at least one sports story a week, but this one is a little twofold. Uh, did you, you know about? Do you know who Oscar Pistorius is, Brandon? No, that sounds like a Greek guy. He he is uh, actually a double amputee Olympic runner. So when we were kids, he it was the first... It can't be his no. legs. No, dude. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, it is his legs. Dude. No, dude. He runs on it the, has metal, to be his arms. the metal curvatures, bro. <laughs> no. And I, I always thought as a kid when he would win in the Olympics, like, it's kind of cheating, right? Because Wait, he's like, not in the... Spe- we're not talking... No, he's, he runs in the regular Olympics. <laughs> what are he's you saying? He's not Special Olympics. You so, can't. Like, Yes. He's got alloys, dude. You can't. That's a that's a plus. This for was him. the argument, Brandon. This was the argument for years. I watched Robocop, had. dude. It's one of my favorite movies, dude. You can't have him running against people, dude. He can't feel his legs, dude. Well, he probably can, actually. I've heard that, that you can feel your limbs even when they're when they're amputated. Like phantom but, but pants. There's no way my man has shin splints. He could he probably feels weirder than anybody else. I will give it to him. <laughs> you gotta think your knees hurt to run with like metal things in your knees. Right, like that. Well, does he even good. have knees? How much of an amputee are we talking? It's like it's like to the knee, and then he's got those little like scoopy things that he runs on, right? <laughs> but the 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 thing was is he was a really he's big like deal the, runner. The Boston Dynamics robot dog, just booking it. He was made by Boston Dynamics, okay, one hundred percent, funded so, by Big Pharma and Boston Dynamics. Ten somehow. years ago, he killed his girlfriend. And it was a huge story because he said that he this woke is, up. Wait, dude, is there? I swear to God, this is not a lie. He woke up in the middle of the night and he heard a noise. And this is his story. Okay. Now you can tell me if you believe this or not. He heard a story. He heard a noise. He thought it was an intruder in his bathroom. So he pulled out his gun, twisted on his legs, and fired into the bathroom five times. But it wasn't an intruder. He had the it time. It was his girlfriend. That he shot and killed oh, and she, like, shot in the br- bathroom. Brushing her teeth. Just chilling. She was like taking a shit, dude. Like Imagine, she literally like, brushing your teeth, dude, and just getting eliminated through the door, man. And so I watched I, ho- a- I honestly hope that's how it happens. <laughs> I watched a podcast about this recently, about like five or six months ago, and essentially it was heavily uh argued because he said that it was an accident, but some people said they heard them arguing and that he just made this whole story up. Okay. Right? Um, but as of last night, he is going to be paroled, uh, as of yesterday, after only being in jail for 10 years, uh, the department of correction spokesperson said Pistorius would be released from prison formally on January 5th. His parole will come with conditions, including that he not leave the area where he lives, where he is set to be without permission from authorities, which my question is like. I get he was fast 10 years ago, but are they really worried about him running away? 
He can't run away from this, man. <laughs> There's no running away from this one, man. Nah, you kill somebody through the door, it's... We're having a discussion about it, man. Sorry. No matter how far you run. <laughs> they're gonna, like... They're gonna, like, give him a biotic leg, but, like, put stick an apple tag in it. <laughs> and then he can't do anything, dude. Yeah, He's it's like absolutely. house arrest, but, you know, forever, you know? Yeah, dude. And, like, so my question is, is, you know... What the the part that really blew my mind is is that he's only getting five years of probation. Why and he's is just that? A free man. Can you explain to me why he got off on shooting his girlfriend through the bathroom door? Well, he did this in South Africa, so this is all South Sa- African. Oh, law. South Africa, South Africa. Oh, and he's South Africa. <laughs> they are like fucked up Australian down there. It's like funny when what you know the the accent. Well, here's how, the here's how I've always I've always seen it. Like Australia was the original, like send people away from Europe, right? Like, oh, we can't. And the, the most fucked up people from that penal colony ended up leaving and going to South Africa. Yeah, like yeah. As as Australia became too organized. <laughs> those people left. All right, we figured out field currency. We got to go. It's too too organized out here. And then they fucking yeah, they go over to South Africa. Yeah, once they created the kangaroo coin, it was over. They had yeah. to get the fuck out of there. Standardized yeah. currency. Yeah, yeah, true. Anyway, what was this? What was this? So wait, so he got off on this. How does he get off? He's he's on. He did ten years in prison. They're giving him five years probation. But is there any? How did his lawyer argue? Like even get him out of it in the first place? Like what is that? Like was how did they convince a jury that he fucking actually was scared and that's my thing like how do you convince a jury that you're scared when you shot into a closed door yeah you didn't even know you didn't even know what you were shooting at well you probably knew it was your girlfriend let's be real you definitely knew it was your girlfriend it feels like anything it kind of feels like you know it would also be weird for somebody to break into your house and piss yeah, like who else is coming through like and here's the thing, right? He's a he's a rich, affluent guy, right? He's he made a ton of money. This guy was on commercials when we were a kid for like Nike and Gatorade and everything, because he literally was one of the first paraplegic like Olympic winners, right? In like two thousand four. I actually remember they used him to make a commercial for that killer's song. Uh the I got so but I'm not a soldier. That's why I found out about the That's killers the killers? The That's the killers, yeah. Uh, Low-key, my favorite killer song, actually. Uh, All the Things I've Done by the Killers. It's on Hot Fuzz. I didn't even know that that was a killer song. I have never listened to Hot Fuzz front to back because I'm a bad killers fan. I don't like the killers as people. I actually like them better as people than the bit ba- because they're so <laughs> bitchy and catty. They're really bitchy and yeah. they actually hate, like, Everything yeah. to do with them whatsoever. I like that. They also met on Craigslist, supposedly, which I think is cool. I watched a YouTube video recently that they went on this huge PR attack on bands like back in the day, like when these bands were big. Like didn't Fall they, Out didn't Boy they beef and, with like yeah they beefed with yeah. Panic because they're both Vegas bands. They beef with Fallout Boy and Panic because all three of them had the same PR guy, and they said that their PR guy was being pulled away <laughs> from his responsibilities for the Killers. And that it was all their fault. And they also wrote an article that I read recently that stated that uh, Brandon Flowers wrote that emo bands were dangerous back in 2004. Well, it's 2023. Where are we at with that? I would dude. I would probably agree with him. <laughs> they were pretty dangerous, dude. I don't know. It turns out 
the yeah the more uh the more emo and solo they are the more front porch step you get dude it's just it is what it is <laughs> and what's funny is i don't think he meant that i think he meant like the lyrics are dangerous for, for sure kids right like but i also kids. think people say stuff and they don't know what they actually mean until it happens you know what i yep. mean it's one of those moments where he's like i didn't mean that in the moment but i feel I like that's love that it worked out as a uh guy who's written some songs i feel like that happens with like every time i write lyrics I'm always yeah. writing, writing nonsense. And then like in a year or two, I'll, I'll finally understand what I was like even trying to say, you know what I mean? Like, it'll like click like, Oh, that's what I meant. But I just didn't know what I was saying. That's what, that's what this kind of feels like. You know, he's like, yeah, the lyrics are a little uh, off putting and weird, but then it turns into. Uh, into I'm, a huge I'm speechless as to what it's turned into. <laughs> I think it's funny because I think that Brandon flowers is just one of those guys who like is, infinitely talented but just very insecure and i i love to read things from people like that what's funny is that mr brightside's like super pma dude it's like the opposite emo he's mr brightside well i think that's the whole thing i think he was trying to spread positivity and he thought all these bands were spreading negativity you think that's like a commentary on emo yeah interesting yeah i do i think it was like because it that album you think he hates how popular it is at emo nights now or what I think he hates the idea of emo nights. Oh, dude. I kind of think the idea of emo nights is insane, too, but I love it. What can I say? I mean, I've, I have yet to ever be to one, but yeah. I will say it always looks like a ton of fun. It's just going to the bar with the music that you're going to shoot your pants about, and everybody's into it, and what are you going to do? See, that sounds great to me. Yeah. There was definitely drugs at them, too. That was also a thing. <laughs> well, I mean, how the fuck are you going to get a bunch of people who listen to emo music 15 years ago in a room and a bunch of them don't have a drug problem? Well, the problem is when you know the DJ and you know the promoter and then it becomes uh, it's a fun time. You know, <laughs> the dark side. I'm ready to see the dark side of the ring, but have it be the dark side of emo nights. Like I mean, on you just go to emo night and you'll you just, just go you with just a film. Yeah, cares. That's it. That's it's It's a bunch of trust fund millennials. Whole bunch of Hunter Moore's in there just spinning fucking records. Dude, Hunter Moore, big handguns fan. Never forget. I hope I hope everyone in here. So I have nothing to bad to say about the guy at all, dude. <laughs> he gets my literal undying support. Dude, Brandon, people are going to think you are a terrible person this episode. You I'm don't trying, have, I'm trying you to support Hunter more. I'm trying to get ahead of it. You know, <laughs> I just want to get it all. I out. just want to get ahead of it now on the pilot apps. I want to get these all out now. This yeah, is who I am. I don't want people to misunderstand me, but I also want people to understand me. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I got what I look. If you say you like my band, you could kill babies. All right. I, I'd be like, you know what? He, you know, that's fucked up. But as long as I get this compliment today, that's I nice wait. of you to say and validate me. And that's kind of important to me. So, oh man. Except for I, Ian Watkins, dude. Ian Watkins could say, like, my band. I would, you see, that's like where I draw my line. You know, I think the guy Ian Watkins might actually be the scariest person on the face of the planet. For those yeah. of you who don't know, that band Lost Profits, uh, they had like two songs on Guitar Hero, I think. I think that's why everybody knew about them in the first place. But I'm pretty sure, and tell me if I'm wrong, Brandon, but didn't their lead singer like try to arrange to like molest babies? Uh, he successfully did oh. that. And uh, he would convince fans that were moms to give up their children to him and all sorts. Dude, like, dude, dude oh, my palms are sweating, dude. I'm that's just thinking about it. I get all fucking pissed off, dude. This shit is insane. 
God damn, that guy needs to die. And he got stabbed up in prison, actually. I think he might have died. Um, well, speaking, he, speaking of getting close. stabbed up in prison, did you see Derek Chauvin got stabbed up in prison yesterday on Thanksgiving? Derek Chauvin got stabbed up in prison. I did see that. I did My see that. My man got stabbed up. He was, and for those of you who don't know, Derek Chauvin was convicted in the stabbing of George Floyd. The uh, stabbing. Can you imagine if they stabbed George Floyd? In the stabbing, in the killing of George Floyd. There'd uh, be no he questions. Was, he was stabbed by a group of inmates on Friday in an Arizona prison, though, and the attack happened at the Federal Correctional Institution in Arizona, which is a medium security prison, which I think is hilarious that they put this guy in a medium security prison because that means they knew this was going to happen. Uh, the person was not authorized to publicly discuss the details of the attack. However, um, they do believe it was just one person that did stab him. So shout out to that guy for real doing the lord's work i actually my hot take on this is he didn't he probably didn't even get stabbed for like what he did he got stabbed for talking mad shit or something or saying something wrong you know he was just like spewing like some racist shit over lunch or just like like, in a roll or something or just said that because like he's been in jail for a while people know about the obviously the george floyd thing's probably one of the biggest things that has ever happened and probably will ever happen in our lifetimes or whatever we'll like be looking back at that time period a lot you know in my opinion yeah but like yeah, that's there's been enough time. I'm surprised that he either didn't get didn't get got yet or whatever. And it's like my feeling is he 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 got lucky by getting life in prison at this point. You know what I mean? Like he pushed his luck. <laughs> he said yeah. something to somebody. The fact that it didn't happen sooner makes me want to agree with you that it probably is completely unrelated to George Floyd. Yeah. The thing about what his position is, you have to resign yourself to a life of people talking shit to your face. You just have to be cool with it because if yeah, you're you alive, you have to deal with it. And if you can deal with that, you'll probably be able to live a life and do stuff that you find fulfilling. But every day you have to do it. You know, there's going to be a day where somebody just says, fuck you. or <laughs> And then and you, you, just... you respond, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. you and know? that's the last day of your life, bro. Or well, he's alive, right? Yeah, he's alive. He did not die from this stabbing, but right. that's um, just a lesson learned then. <laughs> and I mean, now he's just going to get more protection, right? So it's like he, you know, they had their shot. They should have, uh, should have taken the, a good shot, but I'm still proud. Of the actions that were taken in that Arizona place. Sure, sure. I mean, you know, it's it's a it's it's a knife fight in there, dude. What are you gonna do? Yeah, and you know, speaking of assholes, right? We're speaking about people killing people and doing all that stuff. I died laughing because back in the day when uh, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt were together, you know, they adopted like four hundred kids, right? And it was like the cover of every single People magazine cover. And I think everyone knew that one day that was gonna probably bite them in the ass right because like people who are that famous just i just can't imagine bringing like 10 people into your household when you have such a chaotic household you start teaching uh, them about like twin flames and stuff dude by the way did you finish twin flames oh yeah i did okay okay so real quick you want to talk about those last couples uh yeah they're still in it right from what i understand my heart goes out to the lady who's uh, now, I believe it's son, is in Twin Flames, mm-hmm. who was like the antithesis in the background the whole time of the documentary. And they show how they made like both him and his partner transition in order to be the appropriate uh, sexes for a yeah. Twin Flames relationship. Yeah, I, I was I'm intrigued by that just because I'm like, 
you know, I'm of, I'm of two minds about this. I'm of the mind that yes, people can be influenced into doing things that they don't necessarily, you know, aren't thinking about in the long term or whatever, whether it be about their gender, whether it be about whatever, it could be about literally anything. But I'm also of the mind that like, I, what it, the, these people could have been trans the whole time. Yeah. You know? absolutely. And this could just be happening in conjunction with this cult. You know, who it, as these cults progress and like even Nexium, the one we were talking about that was like from our hometown. Yeah. You could see the progression of these cults, how they become more progressive or how they sanitize their language and become sort of like these corporate entities as opposed to being like progressive or whatever. But like they both serve the same purpose. And I just think it's, it you know, broadening your your potential base is important everybody knows that the like mental it's not that being trans is a mental illness it's just that mental illness is going to go along with being trans because of the way society views trans people and you're gonna have to deal with depression anxiety all that shit so it's like those people are ripe for the picking when it comes to you know recruiting for cults so it's like cults need to get with the times just as much as anything else you know what i mean look at the pope right now is cool with gay shit you know what i mean so it's like yeah what's going on not that I, I do agree. Yeah, not that I'm complaining. It's just like to watch these institutions that have for so long been against this. And even Twin Flames to a certain degree is like still perpetuating like a two gender thing. You know what I mean? Which is I why mean, they they're absolutely making are transition. They abs- yeah, they absolutely are. They're, they're, they're using the most like new age social situations to justify, you know, man, woman relationships which is the testament of oldest of time so it's a really weird mixture in my opinion too right because you see it's like to justify this age-old philosophy you need to incorporate the new in order to make it possible right and like i but in my opinion i don't think that twin flames would have ever been so pro-transitioning if they never um only had women in the beginning like if they had had women and men on an equal level and they could have married them off, they would have chose to do that over having people transition any day of the week. It was simplicity for them. You know what I mean? Right. Which means that you either have to be a, like, well, yeah, but I feel like that. Yeah, I agree with you. But the trans thing, it works in complete. It does. Yeah, it doesn't fit into the mold of this like two gender things, but they're willing to bend that rule, obviously, because it's like a society's at that point because society's over being put in a box. And then, you know, on top of that, like we still need to find a way to manipulate these people. So I just feel like they weren't smart enough uh, at every like pre-step, you know, like they usually say like people who run things like run cults, run businesses and everything else they're four to five steps ahead of where they're at right i don't feel like these folks were ever once like we're ever thinking about the next step before they got there and that's why it just seems so chaotic and like quick to the moment you know what i mean uh that that's that's how i feel about it for sure I mean, it's definitely, you know, it's, it's it, every year you're going to get a more modern cult. You're going to find out some more, some weirder thing that's adapting, but is still adhering to some weird moral code and is keeping people, even though they feel like they're expressing their freedoms more, keeping them in that box, keeping them fucking stupid as hell, you know? And it's not stupid in a way that I'm trying to insult them. It's just, you know, you're actually made to be dumber in in that group and you get so invested that there's nothing you can do about it to break yourself out, you know? 
I also feel like it's it's a mixture of making you feel like you're becoming more intelligent while feeding you dribble, right? Like these these big cults like Nexium and like Twin Flames, there's tons of pamphlets and reading that makes you feel like you're becoming more intelligent. You're learning something of a greater value, right? But at the end of the day, it's all just crap, right? It's like when you finally read a book from Scientology after it was, then that's why they never let people from Scientology pass that stuff out or you have to be at certain levels to believe it because at that point the fantastical is too you're too far invested to care how fantastical it is what's funny is and i'm not even kidding is i feel like you know all of the religions obviously touch on something and cults to a certain degree will touch on that like and a lot of cults like mingle in religion or whatever like the twin flames thing also like talks about god and stuff like that and the reason why that's so effective is because there is some sort of you know higher whatever going on and people just can't grasp it you know and when you when you're in a situation where everything's existential and everything's a problem like you're gonna try to figure out like why everything is the way that it is and even if you're in a depression that's what you're doing you know that's why you're like depressed because you're sitting there like in this loop of you know trying to figure out what's going on and i just feel like that obviously i i've always been a big on the alien the hypothesis so i'm i'm of the belief that scientology is probably closer to the beginning of the origin especially when you get into the crazy woo stuff than the crazy woo stuff that's involved in christianity or you know judaism or whatever the judeo-christian religions you know islam or whatever but i i personally i don't think any of it's real i mean any of it. What do you mean real, though? Do you mean based on uh, like a feeling that I think these are all just us trying to express what's going on? Yeah, like there is something bigger going on that's controlling everything. And I think people need to, you know, get wise to that, because I think once we start to understand like the reality of how we're perceiving everything, you know, I think that's the big thing. I think people are just out of touch with nature and the world and what is supposed to actually be happening right now, because everybody is forced in, especially in America, I speak from mostly American experience forced into a fucking rat race. And it's like, what the, nobody wants that. Nobody actually wants that. You know, especially the people on top don't have to fight like that. Yeah. I had a, I had a good buddy of mine, uh, come over last night since I'm, I'm home. I'm visiting my mom. I'm at my mom's house. I had a friend who's still local to the area from when I went to college, he came over and we were talking about, you know, how that rat race has really evolved in the last, let's say, 15 years and how that's why we feel like a ton of people are just like, it's not even depression and anxiety. It's like those feelings are there, but it's a true burnout. Like there is just so much burnout from our generation of people who are just exhausted by trying to catch up with a rat race that wasn't invented for them. I mean, this rat race was invented for the generation before ours. And unless you are provided an opportunity from the generation before you, it's really difficult not to just work and work and work and work until you're there's nothing left. Well, the, and, the generations before us worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. The problem is they had enough energy to go home and fuck their wives at night. You know, like we're at a situation where most people are just like fucking exhausted, dude. Like, and it's like the amount of work that you do has gone up, you know, yep. because we're in a global economy race or whatever. And, and China is obviously beating us in every which way while also improving the quality of life of all of the people in China over time. Like, it's like, instead of going that route, instead of doing what 
they're doing to overtake us as a world power, we're leaning way further into our like old ways, which is obviously not going to work in like this like post post industrial society that we've created. You know what I mean? Yeah, the pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and being an American method is dead. I mean, it would have been great if if technology didn't get to the point that we're at now. But like technology is at the point we're at now. We need to start having like hard conversations about how much we're going to let it actually do what we're going to let it do, you know? Yeah, I had this conversation last night. So I have friends who are data scientists, right? And what that basically means is, is they just write code, yeah. right? For all these different processes and things for the organizations I work for in my consulting firm. Really boring stuff there. But what I was thinking about was, is that when you do that, like how far are we from just having an AI that you can feed all those coding processes into, right? Like Python and C plus suite and all that stuff. And then just tell it, write me a code for this that's copy and pasteable and works, right? Mm -hmm. And then like, I don't feel like we're that far from that being a reality. Like all that it needs to do is be smart enough to learn the languages and coding is a language well you have so, to yeah well you have to think of where we're at now what's commercially available for us now what we can see ai being potentially possible and what they can do if you look at if you look at that situation and think well what the government has and what the government's capable of behind the scenes is usually they say 20 to 50 years ahead of consumer products it's like obviously they've cracked that egg already. Obviously Absolutely. they have AI that can replicate and fix itself. Obviously they have general AI already. I think that there's already been a guy. There was a guy just on Rogan talking about this. Uh, one of like the bigger heads of the companies leading AI, and he was like very coy about how they've already developed general AI and how it's already a thing. Like, so what do they mean by general AI? I don't like explain that to me. I think it's, I, I I think it's just the next step of like AI being a, a general consciousness, being able to sync it all up together. Again, I don't fucking know. And I like the less I know about this shit, honestly, the worse I feel. But the more I read, the worse I feel. You know what I mean? I'm like, I, I just I want to know more about this stuff. But honestly, the more I read, like, I think we're, we're in such baby steps. And it's already talking about such cataclysmic shit that I'm like, they're talking about like, you know, self-replicating drones, drones that are going to be yep. able to build other drones and drones that are completely autonomous from human thought that are able to like target, you know, uh, you know, warfare, all this bullshit. Well, You're like, dude, did you, I, did you see the whole thing about how Congress is going to vote on approving AI drones like AI drones that kill? Yeah. Well, they're also they were also on the docket to vote about the UAP Disclosure Act in that same I think it was in that same defense bill. And they're trying mm -hmm. to take it out of the defense bill right now because I, they're getting close on that. Like it's it, the wording in that in that legislation is straight up talking about defense contractors. It's not we're not talking about aliens anymore. We're talking about companies that have access to special materials that is outside of the purview of congressional oversight. So you have stuff that Congress can't approve the spending on, which is not uh, allowed you know it at least needs to go through a channel so people are starting to get mad that they're realizing billions of dollars have been funneled through the through whatever you know all these crazy bullshit budget things that they do for the pentagon and they're realizing a lot of that is all that trillions of dollars that are missing from the pentagon budgets are going to these black projects and essentially advancing technology further than we are even aware of you know and and yeah like behind our back essentially. yeah 100 percent behind our back yeah. and it started off as like a small cabal of people working on the nuclear program 
And that's what they're doing. Really, they're they're starting snowball. Yeah. They're starting to highlight these like issues and that's about to get gutted out of that bill. They don't want that in that bill anymore. And that's the kind of stuff where you're like, dude, we are like the tech that we have could potentially end all of our problems. I think for sure. Like if it's Absolutely. just deployed in a way that's not super cynical and fucked up, like I, I, I don't care where it comes from after a certain point, if we have our hands on stuff that can change uh, fuel or like, eliminate the use of fuel or change the way we use electricity like that's the kind of stuff that i feel like we need to we need that jump start in order to like fix our problems 100 percent. we need I just something feel like that we're big. never gonna do that i feel like we're never gonna do that because then that hurts the companies that you know pay for the voters and pay for the politicians yeah. like the oil companies and everything else and so as soon as you start to do that then you're going to get major blowback but what I found crazy is, you know, just jumping back on this AI killer drones, right? It was already discussed that the United States, China, and Israel are developing what, you know, Congress is calling killer robots, which are, which I found to be a hilarious name. It made me think like Terminator. I just um, love that Palestine is just, they, they have rocks, dude. And, and yeah, Israel's dude. like, we're about to, we're deploying we're the, <laughs> we're deploying we're the murder drones. drones. Yeah, don't worry about it. Here comes the killer drones. Y'all enjoy your rocks, and we're going to paint you like an asshole on the news tomorrow. But don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We're going to paint it. you all as terrorists, but we have the right I'm going drones. to call you guys an evil name on CNN tomorrow after I use an AI drone with zero sympathy to blow up a bunch of kids. I sit there at the gym, dude, and I have, usually when I'm at the gym, Wolf Blitzer is on CNN doing the most horrendous pro-war propaganda I've ever seen. <laughs> And I'll watch him while I'm on my treadmill for 10 minutes. And then I will think about how much I hate him when I go and do the rest of my workout so that I can get like extra reps to exhaustion. Because I literally am like, if I have to fight in a war, I'm killing Wolf Blitzer first. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm finding all these media guys and they're dying before I have to go get drafted because I can't have them misrepresenting my, you know, if I get drafted, you know, I'm That's not it. letting those fuckers misrepresent what's going on over there. No fucking way. You're the first to go. You're the first one out the door. They, and they, you know dude, what? These are the same people that trot Pat Tillman out like he's a fucking war hero. Like he's he, like he died fighting yeah. 12 ISIS soldiers at once instead of getting shot in the back of the head by his own guys. For, they, ta uh, for talking shit on the war and wanting to go back and write a book with Chomsky about how the war was bullshit. Brandon, you are really painting yourself hard today. All the way from this to not tipping, you're going incredibly hard today. Pat Tillman is, a, is an American hero because he saw that the bullshit was bullshit. He saw that that war was dog shit and was going to come home and tell his friends that it was bullshit. That's, that's heroic. The, um, he was the football player, wasn't he? Yeah, they still have an award they named after parade? him. Yeah, the Pat Tillman Award? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, he was that Cardinals football player. And they claim he died in combat or whatever, and he didn't. He was shot by friendly fire in the back of his head. And After all of it, threatening to expose things, not even threatening. He was just like, I'm going to go home and write a book about this because it's so fucked up. That's crazy. And he was apparently in communication with Noam Chomsky, who was going to help him write this book, which he is one of the best thinkers when it comes to actually criticizing American foreign policy. So it would have been a banger and it would have had an American badass as the purveyor and you can't have that you simply cannot have that that you can't have somebody talking anti-war that could also kick your ass that's not yeah you have to kill those guys because those guys yeah, are dude. too powerful dude 
you've trained them up too much they're and t- now they don't believe your rhetoric and t- that's a problem it's too powerful dude that's a bad combo for the military industrial complex dude i just don't like the news because like i've been watching the news and i agree it riles people up and i i, I spent time with my grandparents for the first time in a couple years this week and they are riled up like my grandfather my one thing came up about uh, Palestine while we were at lunch. And I mean, this is not lunchtime conversation. It shouldn't be. It fucking my shouldn't be. Over there. My grandfather's over there like, well, Palestine started it. They shouldn't have started it if they didn't want it to be like this. <laughs> That's what he said. And yeah. I died, dude. I was like, well, you know, when you're held in a cage for a couple hundred years. You're not you allowed to leave. fucking do anything, dude. You have to find a way to get out. It's been like and 70 years of occupation for them. Yeah. Like straight up just kicked out of their houses. If somebody kicked you out of your house, how would you feel? Even 70 years later, you wouldn't be over it. No, if someone kicked your grandfather out of their house, 70 years later, you'd still be fighting for the fact that your grandfather I'd be was Hamas, out Hamas, the, the wonder fighter of Hamas, dude. You sign me up. I'd be like in the... <laughs> That's what as Internet Hippo tweeted. He was like, oh, I love that Twitter account. And I love that they stay anonymous, even though they've accrued a decent amount of Internet clout. But the they posted something like, oh, like if you dropped like a cluster bomb and killed like half of my family, if not all of my family, while I was out getting something and I came home and it was just a bomb site. Yeah. But I would fight the Hamas, shit Hamas, the leaders of Hamas were also in that building, right? Like say that was that was true. Yeah. I would be starting Hamas 2.0 this second, even if I'm just an innocent person. You know what I mean? Well, like, that's what people say about Al Qaeda all the time, right? Yeah, it's like that's... the Al Qaeda shift. Like we blew up Al Qaeda, but we hurt so many other things in the process. So then everyone's shocked when ISIS exists like eight years later. Well, we all we were also funding ISIS to help try to ex- expel <laughs> the leader of Syria, who is just a guy. And we were funding Al-Qaeda before 9-11. And we also paint Syria as like, Syria is being run by like the brother of the old guy who used to run Syria, who was just a doctor before this. Bashar yeah. al-Assad, not, no political experience, just like his brother died and he was like, fuck. I, I can't somebody, say anything. That's what people say about Donald Trump. I mean, at the end he of- was just a, He was just a friggin' enter, uh, entrepreneur before he was president. What's the difference? Well, it's like how all these TikTok kids are- reading bin laden's letter for the first time and freaking out you yes. know what i mean i saw all the posts like they're like have you guys read this letter from a from bin laden and it's like did you ever listen in high school history class for five I, minutes I just, well high school history class will have you thinking that they hate us for our freedoms dude which is like no, hilarious. there there was some like they i don't write recall about- ever being taught properly i mean some people did try to level with you about this in school but it was like they had to toe the line on 9-11. You know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. Especially because it was like not even 10 years after. You know what I mean? Like, That was a tough line, I feel like, for our generation of like New Yorkers. Yeah. And I mean, that's it's a very easy way. And again, don't you don't want to get me too in the weeds about 9-11 or whatever. But false flags have always been the single best way to get everybody to shut the fuck up. That's all I'm saying. And we have so much history of it going on. Pearl Harbor was a false flag. We knew they were coming. Yeah. And we don't frame it that way. We frame it as, oh, we were like the finest fighting force in the world. Had no fucking idea. Never saw it coming. Yeah, I don't know. Billions of dollars into a military infrastructure. They called it in. to hack the coding. They they had already hacked the Morse code. Yeah, but they had also, Japan had called the, tell them. They were like, we're coming for your ass. (laughs) They were flying, dude, they had guys flying planes straight into shit. They didn't give a fuck. 
at all. Don't you think the Japanese people were like kind of confused when they flew in and they were like, they know we're coming. Yeah. Like they're just, they're down there like mowing the grass. Yeah. They like, just had no, yeah, they actually <laughs> didn't know we were coming. Like, dude, you, you, you called, right? We thought you this called. was, we thought, yeah, they're expecting like a grand battle and they come home all mad because they're like, they were fucking just sitting there. The they were time. fucking eating lunch. They were fucking eating lunch. We had two dude. kamikaze guys go down there. We didn't even need to get have them go down there. They didn't even know. What, they didn't even know what hit them. We lost Greg for no reason. Well, Matt, okay? a Japanese guy named Greg in the forties. Yeah. <laughs> he was an exchange student. He really bought in. What is? Yeah, dude, probably. <laughs> he was an exchange student during the Cold War. Holy fuck! He was in the Cold War. <laughs> af- that was it after World War Two. I meant not the Cold War. I meant the Great Depression. But dude, the Cold War. The d- out of my mind. I like it. He was fighting in the Spanish American War. And decided that he was he. You know, he needed a nation. Spanish-American War was one of my favorite wars to ever learn about in college. I don't know if you ever... It it literally... It's so funny, especially, like, as it continued, because, like, it was a decent fight for, like, a month, and then the United States figured out how to make, like, metal warships, and Spain was still using, like, wooden ships, and we just, like, ran literally right through ships with our ships. That sounds... That's, like, the beginning of real... That's, like, America shit, you know? Yeah, that's like when America was like, you know, like well, Eagles I, and AK-47s. I've and, always been a fan of the War of 1812 because I feel like it just never it never gets brought up and it's very cute. It doesn't get its due just. No, because it's embarrassing because the British came over and just burned the White House down again and we're like, you guys are you guys are lame. We're coming back for you, dude. We're coming oh, we back for you, dude. It's like the it's like the world equivalent of like lighting a bag of shit on fire and standing at the door. Yeah, they just came back and were like, you know what? One more for you fucks, you fucking backwood fucking losers. Fuck your White House. And I honestly think that's pretty funny. They just they needed one last one last hurrah. Were the know? French involved in that again too? The French have really bailed us out in the beginning. There's a there's this weird I I'm pretty sure it's the War of eighteen twelve, but who hooked us up was the Canadians. Well, they were basically French, right? I imagine, or were yeah, they British like, at the time? I forget because they're basically well, they were, British. They were independent by then, but they were worried that if uh, Britain took back over any of the northern colonies, that they would then extend into Canada. So they provided us support uh, preliminarily in hope that you know they would leave and never come back to North America again. Huh. I've seen some people on the right talking about how, like, unironically, we should invade Canada and 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 take it back. We never owned it. Yeah, but like they think because it's it's <laughs> connected. It's to still us a, that we it's still it. a proxy to our original oppressor, so they think that we should go in and take it back, the way that we took our country from Britain. I mean, we did, but like we 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 took like one eighteenth of our country from Britain, and then we bought the rest of it. Well, I get it, but you know what I mean. You know, you know what I'm saying. Like I'm just saying, like that doesn't really add up to me. Um, I mean. I don't think it doesn't we, sound like to me. Really I'm like, ever. you could have had a worse idea, you know. I, maybe we do. <laughs> maybe we could take Canada, dude. We could definitely could. I mean, they're they're not I mean, ready. Could for that. we take Canada? Absolutely. They're all worried. Like they got Justin Trudeau over there. I'm not worried. We could about take it. any country with universal health care. That's for yeah. a fact. Yeah. Because they have window taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you for know, it's, it's always funny. You go to like a country where everybody's got free health care, and they mosh like a bunch of pussies, dude. Yeah, dude, like, mosh like you fucking mean it, Mosh dude. like you, you have free healthcare. You get to go to the doctor for free after yeah, this. Yeah, people do this shit for thousands of dollars, or they just don't go to the doctor and get their fucking skulls caved in at the fucking hardcore show. That's real. How God intended. I, I mean, yeah. 
I'm typically pro free healthcare, but in the scenario where we're talking about uh, the pros of not having it, it always makes me laugh. Talking about free healthcare, Brandon, did you ever watch uh, Squid Games? I did. Back in the day? Okay, so I haven't watched it yet, but did you see they now have like a Squid Games reality TV show? Uh, yeah, I've heard about this. So I found out yesterday that a ton of the people who have been taking place in the game have been getting seriously injured, and Netflix is not paying any of the medical expenses for injuries accrued on the Netflix reality TV show. I'm willing to bet they paid. They definitely signed that right away. I bet you a hundred bucks they did too, and they had no problem signing that away at the time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna be on Squid Games. It's literally Uh, like. It's too. That's why I like. I'm afraid to watch it. It's like too on the nose. I'm like, you're not getting. It's like. It's like that. Did you watch the new season of Black Mirror? Yes. The first episode of that is talking about how Netflix is willing to use AI to replace actors with their likeness. And then they write about how they're willing, how they're literally moving forward with doing that during the writer strike. Yeah. Like two months later, I don't like like when your psyoping becomes like ironic. I I you'll yep. lo- yeah. It's not funny anymore. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, right? it's starting to make me mad because I'm like, I know you use this to program people, and now you're like talking directly to me, a guy who knows that you're using this to program people, and be like, yeah, actually we are. Fuck you, you piece of shit. Actually we are, and you're gonna absorb it, and you're gonna love. And it. I'm you're like, gonna write about how much. God you like damn it, that was a good TV. episode, dude. <laughs> yeah, that episode it was, was a good pretty episode. good. It was, it was probably one of the better episodes of the season, to be yeah, honest. Fucking pieces of shit. But yeah, dude, I don't know. The Netflix thing is, it's crazy. Yo, fuck Netflix. Dude. That's my opinion. They're getting too big for their bridges. I don't care that you're the original streaming network. Well, I keep thinking that people, you know, I've been saying this for a year now, but I actually believe it now because it's no longer a bit. But I think people are going to, like, just go back to cable. Like, there will be a, there, and I don't think it's at that point yet where people, like, it's going to, it's incentivizing people to go back to cable because there's nothing, like, new or fresh going on on cable right now. But yeah eventually that it's for me it's choice paralysis i fucking hate the apps i spend more time scrolling the apps than i do watching or enjoying what i do and then once i finally find something i get all stressed out because i feel like i wasted all that time trying to find it and i have to like optimize my viewing time and it's just how my brain works and it's really stupid but i know i'm not alone i know i'm just like a lot of people are just like me with their attention spans are all fucked up already and going into shit like this It's just too much choice. It's like why I don't like Apple Music and Spotify. Yeah, Um, because you just feel overwhelmed when you open it. I don't know what to listen to, and then I put on some shitty shuffle. It's not really what I'm into, and it's what the algorithm picks for me. And sometimes it's good, but sometimes it's like – it's just a a bad generalization of what I'm actually listening to, you know what I mean, most of the time. Because I'm listening to something, the other thing. I'm kind of (laughs) all over the place. I'm kind of all over the place, and then they try to like – average that down to like stuff that sounds like all of it i guess and i'm like i don't want that i personally think it's time for us to just go back to the ipods like before we started recording today i showed brandon that i actually found an original ipod shuffle in my father's uh desk that has been untouched it was a work gift and i think i'm just gonna steal it and put like my favorite 50 songs on it at a time go back to torrenting you know just like Pretend that it's 2008 and just really not deal with Spotify anymore. Well, I've been saying, dude, it's like that acquisition, you know, is more exciting sometimes than actually getting it. You know, it's like. Absolutely. Like. It's like with fucking 
a drug, like if you've ever known somebody who's like seriously addicted to like actual drugs, they're yeah. more obsessed with like copping than they are with doing the drugs. And yeah, because it's all about having. It's about getting, you know, figuring out. Like they can't get up off the chair, off the couch to do anything. But the second they realize that they're out and they need to cop, like their executive function kicks in like none other. And they and they're on fire and they're they're moving, they're making they're making moves, and shit happens. Then you know what I mean. It's like that motivating yep. factor, and it's all because of dopamine. It's all because of you get dopamine acquiring things as opposed to the actual rush of dopamine when you actually get the thing. It's like why uh, the the that the mice in that box like to gamble as opposed to having like regular rewards yeah. come out. That's and, why gambling is so freaking awesome because it and, has nothing to do with the the final win you get. It has to do with the hope and want and watching it all day. Like especially sports gambling. Like I can't. I can't. Like I grew up. I watch every single sport. You know what I mean. I can't gamble. Like if I gamble, I will be broke because it's the idea of wanting to add a little bit of spice to the day of television by having like $150 on it. That's inappropriate. Yeah. I feel like I was so much more patient when I didn't have all of this choice, you know, like because of my, my ADHD issues or whatever, it's like, if that's what it is, but you know what I mean? Like, I feel like when I had cable, I had to like, you know, sit on the guide for a minute scroll around on the guide that's a nice limited choice for me it's like you only have what's going on here so like make a choice there's like 30 good channels yeah and exactly and you find something you're scrolling for like 10 minutes you go i don't even know what's on right now i'm just gonna throw something on that looks all right you read a couple of descriptions you throw something on and because you know that you can't just immediately turn this off and go to something else you sit there and you make sense of it like you try to like it or you try not you just you're open-minded you're you put up with it a little bit more tolerant of something that you just don't know what you're getting into and i feel like we're getting rid of that specifically with people and it's translating into lack of patience with like literally everything else because people only have so much time to sit down and chill so they want to optimize like i was saying you want to optimize your downtime or whatever and it just turns into like this like fucked up people get this weird instant like they can't they can't do something if it's instantly not for them yeah and like i catch myself doing that sometimes but i actively fight against it like i honestly go out of my way to try to watch stuff that i don't think i'm gonna like if i'm in that kind of mood or whatever but like it just sucks it just it's a it's a bad feeling to know that other people aren't thinking about it critically and other people are just like oh i don't like this turn it off but to put it on something else i like and it's like I don't know. That's like an important skill is to be able to sit there and figure out how you feel about something. And I think I think the big part of that is now with that, you know, people form opinions on something in two minutes. Well, it's either it's it's either does this confirm my bias already or does it not confirm my bias already? And it's like, dude, my friend's bias or the people on Facebook's bias or, you know, because I saw that. You know, Rotten Tomatoes said this sucks. So uh, does it, you know, it? I'm already going into it assuming it sucks because someone told me it sucks. Yeah. Well, I go into this with like video game reviews and stuff and like opinion guys who like chuck opinions out for the most part, like they'll give a nine to something they personally love or whatever, but they'll yeah. give a seven to something that's truly great and could be appreciated by everybody. Well, that's what they say about tier list, right? Like the A tier... Like it, it's okay. The S tier, you know, the B tier, 
the C tier that's where is where at. the memories are. That's where the memories are. 100%. That's where the stuff that like you loved that maybe not you understand, maybe not everybody adored, right? But you loved it. And you understand that the consensus wasn't there. The C tier is where it's at. And that's with movies, TV shows, podcasts, anything. Like the C tier is where people feel comfortable. And, I think, and luckily our podcast sits right in that C tier. And we're just going to suck we're, it we're off. We're D right now, but we're getting seriously close to a C minus tier podcast. Maybe it's going to be Ooh. like my report card all over again. Well, on that note, I think we'll close up our second formal episode today, Brandon. Anything you want to leave everybody with today? Uh, call your representative. Uh, let them know that you want the UAP Disclosure Act in the legislation that's going to pass. I think it's really important to humanity. I think we should all learn more about what's going on and what they have. I agree 100%. All right, y'all. Everyone have a wonderful day. We are out. Deuces. Later.